and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic, Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And this is Minute 58, which I have beginning with the roadie, I oh. think, or bassist, whatever he is, the, the guy who isn't t-shirt guy or the drummer or the lead singer. I think he's the bassist, um, yeah saying, way to go, man, <laughs> to the t-shirt guy. Right. Um, and I have it going through William, attempting to leapfrog over the microphone stand, maybe, or maybe he's just doing a jump with it. I can't quite tell what he's doing, but there is a leap and a mic stand and William all involved. Yes, we have the continuing of the blaming of the t-shirt guy for the, yeah. <laughs> the dissolution of the band. <laughs> yep, because it's all T-shirt guy's fault. Never mind that the drummer and the singer were the ones fighting. Right, right. And the singer quit because the drummer insulted him. Right. But, you know, whatever, it's T-shirt guy's fault. Exactly. T-shirt guy. The Yoko Ono of Love Burger. Love Burger. <laughs> yeah. So then we meet a new character. We do, and I am excited to hear who this guy is. Yeah, his name is, uh, well, the character's name is Headbanger. Okay. The actor's name is Steve Monroe. Okay. He played Frank Tobin in Miss Congeniality. Yes, that's okay. I knew I recognized him from something, and I kept thinking that he looks like he could be the younger brother of the guy who plays Champ in Anchorman. Okay, David Koechner, yeah. Yeah, but I, but I'm like, I know it's not him, but I was I couldn't figure out what I knew him from, and I bet it's Miss Congeniality. So then he was uh, Jordy Reigns in The Following, which was a show that Kristen and I watched. Did you watch The Following? That sounds vaguely familiar. It, was uh, that the one that was like, who killed Rosie, whatever? Or I think I that's The Killing. That Okay, you're right. That was The Killing. Then no, I don't think I watched The Following. So the Following had Kevin Bacon, who played a specialist in cults, and he put away this guy who, who the character's name was Joe. He's been in other things. And he was this leader of this cult who, who Kevin Bacon put away. And so this guy sort of gets his cult people to, like, go ruin Kevin Bacon's life and stuff. And then he gets out of jail and stuff. It was pretty okay. good. It was it's hard to describe, but it, it turned out to be pretty good. Interesting. And I don't remember who Jordy Reigns is specifically, but uh, he was in that. And then he was Scott Proctor in 20 episodes of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Okay. And then I wrote, he's also in Austin Powers. Okay. As the character's son. And then I was like, he's the guy at therapy with Scott Evil and Dr. Evil that is oh. across the way. There's a there's a therapy session where Dr. Evil's trying to connect with Scott Evil and Scott e and Seth Green is doing his absolute teen angstiest. Mm -hmm. There's another dad and son that are connecting. And like okay. Dr. Evil's like, see, look at them. Headbanger is the other, is the son okay. in Dr. Evil in that circle group. Um, and okay. I thought... For a second, my brain was like, was David Koechner the dad in the circle? Oh, that would have been good. Not. It would have okay. been good. It would have meant that your brain had a secret little compartment where it was like, hey, here's something that you're going to store for no reason whatsoever. And then it brought it out early, but it didn't. It wasn't that. So there's no secret I mean, compartment. If, if I may give everyone a peek behind the curtain, my brain has many of those compartments. <laughs> Very rarely is there actually a reason for me to trot any of that information out. I think that's, I think a podcast is the, is the closest chance, though. Yes. <laughs> he was also in 11 episodes of Sister, Sister, 
which I mention only because I think it's interesting um, and and cool that he was on eleven episodes of a predominantly black uh, sitcom, which is kind of yeah. cool. Uh, and he he is white. I I mean that yeah. just yeah. So he he jumps up on stage with his boombox, which he has for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Don't you always said, bring your giant '80s era boombox to a uh, to every party you go to? Like a giant, like uh, Lloyd Dobler's arms would yes. fall, would crumble underneath him were he to hold this up. Yeah, and uh, he says, "I'll be the band, dudes," which I have known headbangers at parties before in my life, like enthusiastic i mean now here's now here's your other side of the labrador like type type guy where it's like mm-hmm. i'm enthusiastic i'll lead us come on let's go yeah and he turns on a song he sure does a song that i actually know it's a song yeah it's it's a i do you know it because of this movie i mean i definitely don't not know it because of this movie but i don't know if it's the first time that i ever i doubt it's the first time i ever heard it right i think i think probably i knew this song, but then, I this 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 is where I think of it being from. Uh, it's Guns N' Roses' "Paradise City." Yeah, um, which I I associate so much with this uh, movie that I was like, oh, cool! It's the closing track on "Appetite for Destruction." No, it's the closing track on the "Can't Hardly Wait" soundtrack. So okay, <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, a song by the American rock band Guns N' Roses uh, on their debut album "Appetite for Destruction." It is the only song on the album to feature a synthesizer. It was released okay. as a single in January of 1989, so almost two years after the album was released, which is wild. Yeah, that is weird. Appetite for Destruction was uh, was gigantic. It is played frequently at sports stadiums during games, along with uh, Welcome to the Jungle, which is also from that same album. It mm-hmm. peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100, and it was the band's third single to reach the top ten, uh, and it reached number six on the UK singles chart, and reached number one on the Irish singles chart. Uh, okay. The first of their of three singles to do so. Um, talking about the, uh, <laughs> I forgot about this. Talking about the writing of the song, uh, Slash said the song was written in the back of a rental van as they were on their way back from playing a gig in San Francisco with the band Rockin' Riders. So that was Guns N' Roses and Rockin' Riders. Okay. He says that the band was drinking and playing acoustic guitars when he came up with the intro. Duff McKagan and Izzy Stradlin, who are also in the band, started playing along. Slash started humming a melody when Axl Rose sang, Take Me Down to the Paradise City. Slash chimed in with, Where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. Rose sang the first line again, where Slash shouted out, Where the girls are fat and they've got big titties. Okay. Rose finished with, Take Me Home. I think I'm kind of glad that didn't make the final cut. Now, Slash would disagree with you. He preferred the second line, but the rest of the band felt differently. Okay, well. <laughs> so it's the one time uh, I think either you or I have agreed with Axl Rose. Um, okay. <laughs> Fair. And, uh, uh, so then uh, he was outvoted and they used the first line. The band then expanded upon the rest of the lyrics in rounds. Finally, Slash wrapped up by coming up with the heavy riff that drives the song. Okay. Uh, Axl Rose, in a 1988 interview, told Hit Parader magazine that, quote, the verses are more about being in the jungle, by which he means L.A., and the chorus is like being back in the Midwest or somewhere. And Slash has said that his that Paradise City is his favorite Guns N' Roses song. Okay. Axl Rose had this big thing that, like, in the Welcome to the Jungle music video and also the song Welcome to the Jungle, of, of basically like a corn-fed... Midwestern boy coming out to LA and being like immediately corrupted. 
Okay. And so it's fu- it's it's not surprising that he would classify that as what the song reminds him of because it's a uh, it's what was on his mind and he was born in Lafayette, Indiana. So okay. clearly this was this was him. Hey, corn-fed boy being corrupted is uh, rather apropos for them to be playing this song. I realize that he that was talking about Welcome to the Jungle, but well, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, cuz uh after after this song starts, we cut over to William, <laughs> who knows this song. A guy he used to tutor made him listen to it. I related to this in a weird way. Like I was like, I should be the the guy that made the person listen to the thing. Uh huh. But I, I was definitely the math tutor, and I don't understand. Like, I I was surprised by how much I was like, yeah, I get that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then William decides it's time for karaoke. Uh-huh. <laughs> he jumps up and takes over the microphone and is wailing into it. Headbanger is dancing and William, like, checks him off the stage. Like, he doesn't, Oh, like, I didn't grab notice that part. He shoulder checks him off the stage. Oh, I don't, I didn't write that part down. <laughs> and then he does, he yells, Wild Bill, rock and roll. That's right. Then he does a 720 degree spin. And I said, it looks cool as hell, honestly. <laughs> uh, and I did, I went back, it may have only been a 360 because I was watching that wizard picture of uh, Magic Mike doing the, the most amazing part of Magic Mike XSL with the spin as he walks away from the girl. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, there's a 722. And I was like, nope, he only goes around once. So I may have been doubling the circle that he does, but it's an amazing spin around that William does. Yeah. And yeah, I have the last thing happening. The crowd looks amused, but someone does yell, get off. Does that happen in the next minute for you? Um, I don't know. I, okay. I had ended it with William trying to do a leapfrog or something with the mic stand. And then yeah. I, the next minute, I just wrote down William dancing. Okay. So I, I we'll just say this here. Yeah. Um, so everyone sort of looks amused, but someone on the soundtrack goes, get off. Uh, which made me think of Crossroads, where someone yells, get off the stage. Yep. Which made me feel good, because that has karaoke in it, too. Uh-huh. Although, I will say, William is feeling his karaoke a whole lot more than Brittany and her friends were just right off the bat. It takes that, them a little bit to warm up, but he's feeling it before he's even on that stage. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. You know, Welcome to the Jungle. Nope, nope. Uh, Paradise City and I Love Rock and Roll kind of have similar beginnings, mm-hmm. like drum parts. Yep. Interestingly. Huh. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a little preview for the rest of the week. It's all um, William's performance. Yes. And uh, <laughs> there are some things that I'm excited to talk about. Um, but why don't I do social media so we can get to them? Go for it. We are on Twitter as a podcast at JE underscore Minute Movies. And I am on individually on Twitter at unabashed james and i'm at unabashedly aaron we are part of the scavengers network which has a twitch channel uh on twitch.tv slash the scavengers network you can watch us stream stuff like yeah the last of us or arcade ghosts is Spirit. the name of arcade that. spirits arcade you, spirits the you sequel. were very close yeah and or uh, the war with evil power master or a show i like to call watch mason get sprayed in the face with cold water mm-hmm which has multiple different formats. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say is probably streaming in its truest sense. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is hilarious. If 
listener and Aaron, if you haven't watched Mason get sprayed in the face with cold water, it is a must-see. I haven't yet, and I can't wait until I have the opportunity to do so, because Mason and Colin are two of my favorite people. Yeah. Mason committing to a bit is one of my favorite things. Yeah. And I just find people being sprayed in the face with cold water amusing in general. I didn't think I did, but I do. I, I, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. I've never really thought about it. But once you first told me about this, I was like, yeah, no, that's actually, I, I can see that being quite entertaining. Yeah. I, Mason was adjusting the nozzle at one point. Uh-oh. And I, 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 I couldn't get to, to coffee fast enough to, to, to pay. Like, I didn't, I missed it. Like, oh. it sprayed him right after. But I was like, why don't I have this on an Insta-buy basis? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Because they don't have it. But it's very worth it. Um, yeah. So that's twitch.tv slash the scavengers network. And if you want to see Mason get sprayed in the face with cold water, the I'm sure that they give you instructions on how to do that in the stream. But basically, yeah. you donate to Mason's coffee account. Yeah. And every time somebody donates, Mason gets sprayed in the face. And it's delightful. It's so yeah. good. So I've I've wanted um, Mason to get sprayed in the face with various liquids. Like water is fun. I've also thought about like Dr Pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, one that wouldn't work but would also be horrifying to look at. Just what you want in a stream. It wouldn't work, and you wouldn't want to watch it. Right. Would be honeys. Would be honey. And um, the thing is that you only have three seconds of stream of of stream on the on the spray. Uh huh. So. It, it wouldn't be a lot of honey, but I guess it just makes me think about how time is honeys. Go hot dogs! The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.